Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread on this week number six of the National Football League season. Pick a number for a week in college football with all the rescheduled games. And with that, we're set to tear apart the card coming up this week. And I'm going to welcome in our co-host, Victor King, joining us from King Creole Sports. Victor, overall, how are you doing and how was your week last week? Good. Good weekend last weekend, particularly in college football, uh, Mark. And uh, hold on to your seats because this is going to be the last sporadic weekend of college football beginning next weekend. We've got the debut of a couple of conferences with the Big Ten coming in and also the Mountain West debuting next weekend. It's going to really start heating up beginning next weekend. But we got to talk a little bit about the, uh, the dogs and faves, if we can, in college football. Uh, last week, another good week for the underdog, 16-13 and 13 ATS last week. But on the season now, underdogs are at 82-56 and 56 against the spread a very, very strong 59% across the board. Here are the numbers you really want to start focusing on. Home dogs in college football are now at 28 and 14 on the season. And conference home dogs, even better at 74%. Conference home dogs are now 23 and 8 ATS on the year. And guess what? There are 12 of them going this week. We'll let you determine. Uh, which ones have the best value, but that's what you what, what probably has to be on your radar this week are the conference home underdogs in college football. And another thing, Mark, is uh, they're taking a page from the NFL in college football. Last Saturday, 19 overs, only nine unders. The average game, 61.3 points per game. But, heck, that's nothing. There was 111 points in the Alabama-Mississippi game. 101 points in the ACC game between Virginia Tech and North Carolina. 98 in the Red River rivalry game in quadruple overtime. And uh, 79 points in our game, the game that you and I tag-teamed as you were on A&M as the home dog, and I was on the over in that particular game. We hit both sides of that uh, very, very nicely. But that should probably take us into our comments regarding the SEC conference. And Mark, you know, people are saying this is an unrecognizable conference. We've talked about the early season transformation into a more freewheeling passing league, but things really escalated uh, Saturday to a point that a historically dominant defensive conference now basically looks what it used to once disdain, and that's like 2010-era Big 12 conference uh, simply put, it was the highest scoring Saturday in the history of the SEC conference. And when you update the statistics, you now see that four of the top five passing offenses in the nation are all in the SEC. Number one, Mississippi State. Number two, Alabama. Number four, Mississippi. Number five, Florida. Here's just a surprising stat. The SEC now has none 
That's zero of the top 18 rushing offenses. And, of course, correspondingly, the defenses are suffering. Georgia's the only SEC team in the top 10 nationally in total defense, while the league has three of the six worst defenses in LSU and Florida and Mississippi. And basically, this is where, you know, things have gone off the rails. And, you know, one more thing, uh, uh, nicely done in that A&M game. You were on the home underdog. I was on the over, a really, really nice way to start Saturday action. But between you and me, Mark, it's the first college football game that I've watched this year in which the crowd noise actually had an impact. It benefited the home Aggies. It disrupted the road Gators, particularly in the second half of that particular game. It's the first game I've seen this season. And I know they announced the crowd at, what, 25,000 or less. But if you ask me, there was 30, 35, maybe even 40,000 people in that particular game. Enough so Dan Mullen had one of those uh, post-game sour grapes press conferences in which he started getting political, begging the governor of the state of Florida to allow the Swamp to pack 90,000 in their game against LSU this week. Yeah, I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, not, I'm talking about Governor DeSantis and his announcement yeah. that he was going to open up all football stadiums at 100% capacity moving forward. And uh, lo and behold, what happens with Florida and Dan Mullen crying sour grapes, as you said, looking to pack the swamp this week? They're beset with COVID uh, yeah. <laughs> positive tests already- there right now. <laughs> they had to suspend practice, and the game might well be suspended this yeah. week. Could you ha- imagine what would have happened had uh, they gone on with a loony, uh, b- b- loony pass from the governor to open up stadiums at full capacity, sitting there shoulder to shoulder with the COVID running rampant as it is right now. Uh, it, it just it, it befuddles me. And the only thing I can say to all that, Victor, and I don't want to get off too political here, is that uh, I think what needs to, what could have been done is if he had opened up these stadiums at full capacity, he should himself find a seat inside of one of those stadiums and see how he enjoyed sitting in a football game shoulder to shoulder with everybody and then see how his next COVID-19 test came about. That's that. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm going to be fuddled by that nonetheless, but you're talking about high scoring football games last week uh, and between the big 12 and the SEC, 13 of the 14 games went over the total with all this high scoring. And it's unbelievable that inside the SEC this year, there are eight teams with 400, 400 plus yard defenses this football season, Alabama being one of them. That's un, uh, that's wild, just beyond imagination. And uh, Ole Miss with a 600 plus yard defense. So obviously things are going to have to come back to the norm as far as that goes here in the world of college football. And it may, as uh, we get into the second half of big, or of, I should say power five conference play, where play will tend to get a little bit more conservative, a little bit more game filming everybody from earlier on. But uh I know the over players are loving it right now. There's no question, just as I'm loving the fact that conference home dogs in college football are having their way as well. We're visiting with Victor King from King Creole Sports here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. And let's shift things, Victor, if we will, over to the National Football League side of things. And we may as well stay on the same road as we're talking about high scoring. It applies in the National Football League this season as well. A lot of well-lit scoreboards, and I'm sure, Victor, you've got the numbers. Uh, the dogs are also hitting in pro football as well. Eight and five ATS last week. They are now at what 40, 34 and two against the spread this season. 
your best situation for the year have been Road Dogs are 15 and 4 ATS in the 2020 season, taking on any opponents who come in off a straight up loss. You have four such Road Dogs going this week that you may want to spend a little more time looking at. And those four dogs in the 15 and 4 situation are Cincinnati versus Indianapolis, Atlanta versus Minnesota. Washington plus the points against the Giants, and of course, Denver plus the points against New England. Now, on the surface, in terms of scoring, there were seven overs and there were seven unders last week. I'm sure that's a a stat that the odds makers would take every single week. However, with that said, it was the fourth consecutive week in the NFL in which the average points per game was 51 or more. In this particular case, 51.8 points per week. We are now at 45 and 32 in terms of over-unders in the NFL. We're at plus 5.8 points per game more than last year. Last year, 45.6. This year, we are at 51.4. So, again, we're close to 6 points per game more in the NFL compared to last year, which was also a high-scoring season, I might add. But as a result, the oddsmakers make it much more difficult for the over-under bettors because you're now betting, wagering, handicapping, researching games in the NFL in which the over-under line is about four points higher than it normally should be. So again, another high-scoring week, not in overall results, but still in points per game at 51.8. Well, as you know, Victor, uh, this time of the year, uh, I start getting deep into our midweek alert football newsletter. Uh, That's our statistical newsletter where things are broken down uh, statistically, uh, in performance of each team all season long. And uh, the first thing that I'll look at is where teams rank in team rankings statistically. And the thing that jumps off the page to me is on the NFL side of things this year, uh, to rank in the top 10 in overall defense this year, uh, the 10th ranked team is the Arizona Cardinals, who allow 346 yards a game. 346 yards a game would normally have found a team ranking more like in the top 20 or closer to the number 20 than it is the top 10 that way this year. And in fact, when you break it down, there are only two teams in the NFL this year that have sub 300 yard defenses, those being Indianapolis and Tampa Bay, which goes hand in hand with what you're talking about. All the scoring victor here in defenses being uh, subject to these, to these wide open attacks that the league has sort of mandated uh, in the form of letting referees let the teams play games, and they want to put a show on for the uh, for the people watching the football games. And uh, it's been a mission accomplished so far for the National Football League, and it remains to be seen now what we as handicappers do, and Victor especially, when it comes to handicapping the totals as they've been adjusted accordingly along the way as they most almost normally are. And one other sidebar here, note, Victor, here before we get over to our National Football League Game of the Week teardown, is uh, we saw another pink slip issued last week uh, when Dan Quinn, Arthur Blank, said that's enough. Uh, He fired uh, Quinn from the Atlanta Falcons as the head coach. He brings in Raheem Morris, uh, and that's number two on the season so far this year. And I'm sure looming at number three has got to be Adam Gase for the New York Jets. Anybody else you see, Victor, sitting on what might be termed as a definite hot seat in the National Football League for head coaches this year? Well, you mentioned Adam Gase, right? And he's probably at the top of everybody's list. I would uh, 
Did you mention Patricia of Detroit? No, but, I did, but, it, but he's there. For me, it's a two-horse race between those two. In fact, Terry Bradshaw called for both of those guys to be uh, shit-canned over the weekend. Uh, another guy that I would add to the list who, after watching the team in the first few games of the season, I don't believe he's the best man in place for the job, is Anthony Lynn of the Chargers. The Chargers remind me, uh, the Chargers are the Detroit Lions of the AFC Conference in that they're in every game, they just can't win the one-score games like the Detroit Lions. And that game uh, was in the bag on Monday night against the Saints. And I just did not like the way he coached that uh, team in the second half. So I would also add Anthony Lynn to that list for the one and three Chargers. I would agree. Uh, if for no other reason, Victor, in that uh, they were a, a playoff team two years ago. They won 13 games. Last year, they fell to five wins. And this year, now as a result of four straight losses, two of them in overtime, uh, of which a lot can be attributed to the coaching on the sideline, he definitely would be on that hot list. There's no question, especially when they open this stadium up and they're wanting fans to come in and spend money and uh, buy tickets. Uh, they're going to need to start producing some wins, are the Chargers, uh, this football season's here. So if this continues that way for the Chargers, I think he is also knocking on the Dan Patricia Adam Gay's door as well. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our NFL game of the week, and it couldn't get any better in a battle of the bays. When Green Bay takes on Tampa Bay, we'll have that game and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Only the Playbook Experts VIP Experience offers We Pay the Juice, Conflict Game Notices, Tokens Bonuses, SMS Alerts, and Genius Game Alerts. It's the only customer experience of its kind. To find out more about becoming a Playbook Experts VIP, log on today at playbook.com or call toll-free for more information at 1-800-PLAYBOOK. Become a VIP this football season with your Playbook Experts VIP member. All new Playbooks tokens are here. Only at Playbook.com can you earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbooks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbooks tokens, you can use them for Playbook Experts picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbooks tokens, do so now. Simply visit Playbook.com and click on the Tokens link. It's that easy. That's the all-new Playbucks tokens waiting for you at Playbook.com. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going to tear down our NFL-featured game of the week when the Green Bay Packers take on the Tampa Bay Bucks, and more importantly, when two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks go toe-to-toe against one another. This might well be the most watched game in the National Football League thus far this season. I know I'll have it on my direct TV, and I'm sure a lot of other people will be either red zoning or watching the game as well. Victor, how do you see the Green Bay Packers, Tampa Bay Bucks shipping up from an over-under total perspective? It opened at 51.5 as we record the show on Wednesday morning. I'm showing it's up to 54. There's even a couple of 54 and a halfs. And this is one of those games, and we're going to uh, monitor the line move before we make our move. And that move is going to be on the under in this particular game, but we're going to want the line to go up another point or two before we make that move. Uh, 
Of course, a lot of people on the blind will be betting a Green Bay over, and we don't blame them with their 3-1 and over-under record on the year. The average Green Bay game has seen a combined 63.2 points per game scored. That's easily number one in the NFL. The average Packer game has gone over the total by 10.0 points per game. Uh, to go along with their 3-1 and over-under record, Tampa Bay comes in at 3-2 and over-under. The average Buccaneer game at 50.2 points per game. The average margin, plus 5.3. So chances are a lot of the squares will see those numbers, and they will be betting this particular game over the total. I will not. We're first off not going to forget here that Tampa Bay has a legit defense. In fact, they got the number two defense in the NFL right now. They're one of only two teams that are allowing less than 300 yards per game. Very good. 298.2 for the Buccaneers. And uh, in terms of our database, I do have some interesting numbers, uh, three or four numbers that all point to a lower than anticipated scoring game. Number one, we look at this great Green Bay offense, the fact that they have scored 105 or more combined points in their last three games. What I look for is a team that's kind of averaged 35 or more points per game in their last three games, and that takes us to the number of 105. So here you go. Favorites in game 14 or less who have scored 105 or more combined points in their last three games, 11 and 34 over under according to our database. And for NFC teams specifically, like Green Bay, an amazing 2-16 and 16 over-under. That's two overs, 16 unders. The knee-jerk reaction would be to bet the over, but the database numbers tell you to go under. Uh, Tap is off a Thursday road loss versus the Chicago Bears. This is historically a good low-scoring situation in the last four years. NFL teams have gone 12 and 32. That's 12 overs, 32 unders for any NFL team playing off a Thursday road game. If they lost that Thursday road game, like Tampa did to Chicago when they lost 20 to 19, the numbers improved to 6 and 22 over under. And finally, in the last three years, the numbers improved to 2 and 17, two overs, 17 unders. Some dynamic under numbers in regards to this particular game. Uh, we also know Green Bay is off a bye week. NFL teams with rest off a Monday home game in the week before their bye week have gone one and seven over under last three years. And finally, in the last six years, undefeated road teams playing with rest like the Packers in game five or greater, a perfect 0 and five to the under in the last six years. So we've got the database numbers, and here's our target. Our target in the game is going to be 55 or more. Particularly, if you can get this number up to 55 and a half, it's then that you want to make your move because 54 and 55 are both key numbers in the NFL. And there's a good chance it does get up to that number. It's already up to, what, 54, 54 and a half, uh, as I just touched on earlier. So we're going Packers. We're going Bucks under. The absolute uh, maximum, best, optimum over-under line is going to be 55 and a half or more. Even if it gets to 55, we'll make our move. Either way, Mark, we're going under with the Packers and the Buccaneers. The Battle of the Bay should be one of Sunday's uh, funner games to watch. 
It sure will, Victor. In fact, uh, I think all eyes will be focused on this football game. Absolutely a potential playoff matchup coming into the contest here. And it's headlined, as I mentioned before, by the two quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. The Green Bay Packers come in having won nine straight regular season games in a row going back to last year. They've been on a real nice roll. They're playing the disrespect card, and I don't blame them. I mean, they're not getting a lot of respect for what they did last year. 14 wins despite some sloppy stats, and we're starting to see those evolve again with the Packers here. The stats are getting a little bit choppy. Uh, They've been on the road twice thus far this football season. Green Bay has obviously won both of the games coming in undefeated, but they were dogs in both of those football games. Now they're going to saddle up as favorites and favorites against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are hurting off a loss. When Aaron Rodgers has played with rest against opponents off a loss, he's gone 5-0-1 to the number in his career. So he's in in a pretty favorable spot that way, if you will, uh, coming into this contest here. Uh, And you take a look at Rodgers. He's a perfect 4-0 straight up in ATS's last four games against teams out of the NFC South. So some trends are there to support the Green Bay Packers. I'm a little bit concerned, as Victor mentioned before, about all the scoring that they've accumulated here of late. Uh, you look at them, they scored 30 or more points in every one of their four wins thus far this season here. And uh, put it in my database, teams that are road favorites that are scoring over 100 points their last three games have really, really been struggling against the spread to continue that pace. I think it might happen here against this number two ranked Tampa Bay defense. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has won one Super Bowl. His counterpart, Tom Brady, Tommy Six Fingers, has six Super Bowl rings. And he's the underdog here. That might put the chip on Tom Brady's shoulder this particular week. I know in his career, Tom Brady has gone up against the NFC North 21 times in his career. He has 17 victories in those games. In fact, he's 9-1 and one at home against teams out of the NFC North. Uh, and you got a head coach of Bruce Arians here, where I think the real edge in the game is to the head coaches here. Bruce Arians is a solid veteran who's been spectacular. In fact, in his career, as a non-division home dog, Arians has been there 10 times. He's won nine of those games straight up in the role of a non-division home underdog. And uh, Then, again, you look at Tom Brady here. What's his best role? It's this role right here. Tom Brady is an underdog off a loss in his career in the NFL. 13-1 and one to the spread. In fact, a perfect 4-0 straight up and ATS in that role when, it, when he goes up against undefeated football teams. For my money, I have to stay at home with the Tampa Bay Bucks in this contest here. I'll take the points with Tampa Bay in the Battle of the Bays on Sunday. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas for one of our favorite segments of the show to get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco in Las Vegas, the publisher of the Logical Approach newsletter. Andy, going to welcome you to the show. And all in all, I hope it was a good week for you last week and a good week coming up this week as well. Yeah, pretty much all around, Mark. It's good to be chatting with you. And the weather out here has been beautiful. We have not... uh started to uh, see the cold temperatures although we are in double digits in the uh, upper 80s to mid 90s perfect weather for sitting outside hooking up the big screen tv and watching some football and of course uh, we had a little bit of extra football this week with the tuesday night game which sets the stage for a very interesting and intriguing week number six in the nfl yeah it sure will be i think so we got a few marquee matchups on tap this week and uh as you mentioned, we just talked about our NFL game of the week. The Battle of the Bays should be a pretty well-watched football game. Uh, all the high scoring going on in the National Football League this week as well. So a lot of fans are tuned in right now. They're buying into what Roger Goodell is putting out for a product on the NFL this football season. And speaking about products, Andy, uh, 
the contests that are going on in Las Vegas this week. I know we're kind of maybe beginning a little bit of separation, I'm going to guess, only because we're past the quarter poll. How do we stand with the big two contests that are going on in Vegas? Well, yeah, the Super Contest and Super Contest Gold sponsored by the Westgate and the uh, Circa uh, Survivor and Circa Million Contest uh, sponsored by the uh, the the new Circa Sportsbook, which is going to be opening at the end of this month. We'll start first with the uh, traditional uh, Super Contest Classic. That drew slightly under 1,200 entries this year. Uh, all across the board, the consensus did very well this week in the Super Contest. Four and one with the uh, number one selection being the Pittsburgh Steelers over Philadelphia uh, for the season. It's now 13 and 13. There was one week where there were two uh, ties for the uh, fifth spot in the consensus at the Super Contest. Two and three uh, for this season in the number one picks. The leader in the contest has an outstanding record of 22 and three. That's 22 out of a possible 25 points, gaining a point for a win, half point for a point spread push, zero points for a loss. That works out to 88%. It's good enough for a two-point lead over the lone contestant in second place at 19-4-2 with 20 points. Then there are four contestants at 19, five at 18 and a half, eight at 18, nine at 17 and a half, and then we start to get uh, significant clusters, 22 contestants at 16.5 points and 37 contestants at 16 points. And 16 points is, by the way, 64%. So uh, quite a number of contestants doing extremely well in the early part of this contest. The Super Contest Gold, which is the winner-take-all $5,000 entry fee, had 72 contestants this year competing for uh, the grand prize of $360,000. In fact, the loan prize of $360,000. The contestants this year in the consensus rather were 3-2. and two. The top selection this week, surprisingly, and again, it's a relatively small base, so you had under 35 contestants picking the top consensus. It was the Cleveland Browns who had that nice home win over the Indianapolis Colts. For the season, the Super Contest Gold contestant is 12, consensus is 12-8, and eight, including 3-2 and two on the number one play each week. As you might expect, with a smaller field, you're not going to have as solid a result at the top of the leaderboard. And in one sense, that's very true. The leader in the contest is at 17-7-1. That's 24 and a, uh, and a half points. Uh, excuse me, that's... Uh, 17 and a half points uh, for the uh, lone leader. There are five contestants at 17, two more at 16 and a half, two at 16, seven at 15 and a half, and four at 15. Now, 15 points would equate to 60% over the first 25 picks, so that's a total of over 20 contestants, basically uh, almost a third of the contest hitting 60% or better in this small field of 72 contestants. Now let's turn to the major contest this year, the contest that drew almost 3,150 entries, and that's the Circa Million in its second uh, season of existence. This one carries a $1,000 entry fee compared to the $1,500 entry fee for the Super Contest Classic. Contests are modeled the same, five picks each week. The consensus in the Circa Million last week was 5-0, and oh, which explains why 197 contestants were 5-0 and oh last week with their selections, and that's important because that was the first week of the second quarter prize 
uh, that uh, is uh, $150,000 to the winner of weeks four through eight. 197 has started off perfect. The leader in the contest, slightly behind the leader in the Super Contest Classic, one leader at 21, 3, and 1. That's 21 and a half over a pos- out of a possible 25 points. There are two contestants, one point behind at 20 and a half, six have 20 points, and that equates to an 80% winning percentage. Four are at 19 and a half, nine are at 18, and then it starts increasing uh, at uh, 11 at, uh, I'm sorry, nine at 19, 11 at 18 and a half, 44 at 18, 22 at 17 and a half, and 92 are at 17 points, which works out to a 68 percentage. So uh, very good handicapping this past week in the Circa Million. Now the uh, Circa Survivor, the last man standing, king of the hill, uh, however you want to phrase it. You pick one game a week straight up, no point spread involved. You can only use a team once throughout the course of the season. There were 1,390 entrants at the start of the season. We had a bunch eliminated the first week with a lot of uh, upsets. However, heading into week five, slightly under half the field uh, remained. 640 contestants were alive. Of the 640, 410 advanced. So basically a third of the contest was, of the remaining contestants rather, were eliminated this past week, largely because 169 of the 640 contestants picked San Francisco. Another 46 picked the Kansas City Chiefs. A total of 230 contestants uh, were eliminated of the 640. Interestingly, two of the contestants were eliminated because they did not submit selections. Only 638 of the 640 participated. So that's a wrap-up of where the contests stand as uh, as we pass, as you pointed out, the quarter poll five weeks down. Technically, there are 12 weeks remaining, but because of the unique twist in the super co- in the excuse me circus survivor, the three games on Thanksgiving Day constitute a single week. So six teams will be playing in that uh, middle week of the uh, of the Thanksgiving uh, contest week. Uh, so there will be 13 weeks remaining. So uh, 604, uh, excuse me, 410 remain uh, five weeks into the contest. An update of what's going on in Las Vegas with the two major contests at the Westgate Superbook and the Circa from our good friend Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Vegas. And if you haven't yet seen his weekly newsletter this week or downloaded a copy, I strongly urge you to do so. Simply log on at TheLogicalApproach.com and get all of Andy's great information just in time for the games this weekend. And Andy, speaking about the lines coming out of Las Vegas and everything happening in Las Vegas, I know each week we'd like to do a little bit of a review of uh, if there's any line movement that we saw between the lines that Jay Cornegate from the Westgate sent out two weeks ago as opposed to what we're looking at this week. Any noticeable moves that are worth noting? Yeah, Mark. In fact, as I'm going through the uh, uh, the preparation for the show, I'm looking at most of the lines from last week, and there was very little in the way of movement until we get down towards the bottom part of the uh, week six schedule. I'll note that, for example, Houston and Tennessee both are off of wins and covers. The advanced line had Tennessee minus five and a half with uh, Tennessee's uh, win last night and Houston's first win of the season. Interestingly, the adjusted line on Wednesday morning had Tennessee down to just a three-point home favorite, showing a lot of respect for what Houston did in its first game following the uh, firing of coach and GM uh, Bill O'Brien, notwithstanding Tennessee's impressive effort Tuesday night in totally taking apart a very good Buffalo Bills team. Uh, Another one worth noting 
is Cincinnati at Indianapolis. Of course, Cincinnati, both teams actually, off losses and non-covers. Cincinnati uh, losing badly at Baltimore. Indianapolis in a more competitive but losing effort at Cleveland. The advanced line had the Indianapolis Colts a 9.5-point favorite. Now, before the game started on Sunday, that line had already been bet down to Indianapolis, just an 8-point home favorite. So, Early support came in for Cincinnati. They take the game off the board while the Bengals and Colts are playing their respective games. When they reposted it, they went back to the 9.5 that was originally up there, and yet the early action has once again come in on Cincinnati. In fact, even to a slightly greater extent, as the line is down to 7.5 Indianapolis. So perhaps a lot of people reacting, possibly overreacting, to what was a poor defensive effort by Indianapolis against the Cleveland Browns. Now they're going up against a team still looking to find an identity under first-year quarterback Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals, although a future does look bright for both the Bengals and quarterback Burrows. Now the interesting ones, Green Bay at Tampa Bay. Green Bay off a bye. Tampa Bay off of Thursday night's a narrow loss at Chicago when Tom Brady lost track of the downs despite his protestations to the, uh, to the opposite. Nonetheless, Tampa Bay had actually opened as a three-point home favorite prior to uh, this past week's uh, action, and had actually been bet down to a one-and-a-half-point home favorite. Following the reposting of the game after Tampa Bay's uh, loss uh, to uh, Chicago, Green Bay came back as a one-point road favorite. So we saw a switch in favorites. Green Bay has been bet up a little bit higher, favored now by two in their road game at Tampa Bay. The Rams at San Francisco, another very interesting switch that occurred prior to uh, last week's action where the Rams won and covered at Washington and the 49ers were taken apart at home in an ugly effort against Miami. Perhaps uh, some issues with Jimmy Garoppolo, the quarterback, maybe rushed back into action. Nonetheless, the advance line before last week had the 49ers a three-point home favorite. Following those extremely disparate results on Sunday, when the lines came out Sunday afternoon, the Rams were three-point road favorites. So a six-point adjustment without any uh, definitive news about a quarterback situation uh, in San Francisco coming for this week. That line has been further bet up to the Rams, minus three and a half on the road. And then we have the originally scheduled Monday night contest between Arizona and Dallas. Of course, this one is impacted uh, by the quarterback situation in Dallas with Dak Prescott out for the season and capable backup Andy Dalton taking in his over in his place. Both teams uh, won last week. However, Arizona uh, won and covered, uh, defeating lowly the New York Jets on the road. The Dallas Cowboys won but failed to cover in a high-scoring game against the lowly New York Giants at home. The action last week, or the line last week, had Dallas a three-point home favorite with the injury to Prescott. Arizona has been come up a three has come up a three-point road favorite, bet down to two and a half on the road. So in both the Rams and 49ers game and the Cardinals Cowboys game, we saw a six-point adjustment ostensibly for different reasons. The Arizona game. Uh, due to the Dallas quarterback situation, the Rams game uh, due to the poor performance of the 49ers and a very impressive performance on the road by the Rams. An update of the line movements that occurred from the sendout from Jay Cornegate at the Westgate Superbook last week as opposed to what we're looking at this week. And Andy, I know you've also got a little bit of a look ahead, if you will, for next week's numbers that Jay Cornegate has passed out. I know our listeners would love to hear those. They've got their pencils ready. 
We'd love to hear what these proposed lines look like for next week. Okay, these are the lines for week seven, the Thursday night game on October 22nd. The Philadelphia Eagles favored by six and a half at home against the division rival New York Giants. Sunday, October 25th, Cleveland in a divisional matchup is at Cincinnati. Cleveland Browns favored on the road by three and a half. Another divisional matchup, Dallas is at Washington. Dallas a three-point road favorite. Note that that advance line came out this past Tuesday after the injury to Prescott uh, was uh, uh, had occurred and obviously factored into this uh, uh, this line. So Dallas three at Washington. Atlanta will host Detroit. Atlanta, of course, firing Dan Quinn and their general manager after Sunday's uh, awful effort against Carolina. Uh, this will be their second game under uh, Raheem Morris, the uh, uh, the interim coach. Atlanta, a one-point home favorite against Detroit. An NFC, actually, uh, I believe this is a rematch of an opening week game uh, or second week game, Carolina at uh, New Orleans. New Orleans, a seven-point home favorite against the Panthers. Buffalo, in another rematch of an early season game, will be at the New York Jets. Buffalo, a 10-point favorite over what's been so far the weakest offense in the league, the New York Jets. Green Bay will be at Houston. Green Bay favored by 3.5 on the road. Seattle favored by also 3.5 at division rival Arizona. San Francisco travels cross-country to New England. The homestanding Patriots favored by 5.5. Kansas City at Denver in an AFC West matchup. Kansas City favored by 9 on the road. Tampa Bay will be out here in Las Vegas to take on the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders will be off their bye week. This game has opened a pick'em. Pittsburgh will be at Tennessee. That is a game rescheduled from several weeks ago. Uh, this was originally expected to be uh, a bye week, uh, but Pittsburgh had their bye week earlier. They are a three-point road favorite at Tennessee. That's a very interesting line considering uh, Tennessee's uh, efforts this season, uh, especially on Tuesday night after all that inactivity of two and a half weeks. Jacksonville will be at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers at home favored by six and a half. Monday night, October 26th, Chicago Bears at the LA Rams. Rams favored by seven. Andy Isco with a look ahead to the lines that are proposed for next week in the National Football League out of the Westgate in Las Vegas. The Westgate Super book, if you will. And Andy, as we always do this time of the year, I know, or this time of the week, I would love, our listeners would like to know what it is you're looking at for your complimentary play on the NFL card this week as well. Sure thing, Mark. I will mention on those advanced lines from the Westgate, they only put out advanced lines for sides, not for total. So in case people were wondering why we don't give totals out, it's because they just allow uh, wagering on sides of the uh, basically 12-day advance lines. Uh, for the play this week, I'm going to go to an inter-conference uh, game in the NFC. Uh, Detroit will be at Jacksonville, and the Detroit Lions are a three-and-a-half-point uh, road favorite. And I'm almost going to use this analogy to a game that came to me late uh, two weeks ago when Arizona was on the road and favored by, I think, a similar three-three-and-a-half at Carolina. And my thoughts were... Uh, there, when I took a full look at the game, why is Arizona such a heavy favorite at the Carolina Panthers? Carolina is not a terrible team uh, at the time. In, in fact, it turned out to be a, a winning team right now. But they had they were winless at the at the time, and yet Arizona was favored by three and a half. Arizona has shown some good signs, but uh, I still didn't understand 
or think that they deserve to be that big of a favorite. I have the same feeling about the Detroit Lions. They appear to be improved, but I'm not sure they deserve to go out on the road against a competent, though not winning, football team in Jacksonville. Although, remember, the Jaguars opened the season with a stunning uh, home underdog uh, upset of the Indianapolis Colts. And, of course, prior to uh, uh, the loss at Cleveland, that was the Colts' only loss through uh, the first uh, four weeks. And now, of course, the first five weeks they've had that other loss. Uh, Jacksonville was a seven-point home underdog in that game. And they've been competitive even in a number of their losses, especially when they've fallen behind. They haven't quit. They've rallied to put some points up against Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they uh, hung in there for a period against uh, uh, Houston, uh, matching touchdowns uh, earlier in the game. Uh, Minshew continues to develop as a quarterback. Uh, Jacksonville is a team that is in in uh, in transition, but improvising as they uh, gain more experience. Wouldn't be shocked by the outright upset of the Jaguars against a Detroit team that, once again, I'm not sure that they deserve to be a favorite over this caliber of team. Favor them at the Giants, maybe favor them at the Jets. Uh, but not at Jacksonville right now. I'll take the three and a half, and I'll be playing part of my play on the money line. I like the analogy. The Detroit Lions, the Arizona Cardinals, a similar situation. Looks like it appears to be in the making here as Andy grabs up the points with Jacksonville for his complimentary play Sunday. As always, a great job on the show this week. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck. Hope the ball bounces your way. And we look forward to visiting with you next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best. His awesome, awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week this week. We call it changing lanes. And what we're looking to do is to play against any NFL non-division favorite that's coming off three consecutive underdog wins in a row. Underdog win, underdog win, underdog win, and now you find yourself favored. Not a good role for these teams that are changing roles as they're just 3-14-1 against the spread doing just that. That's an 82% play against. We'll be playing against the Carolina Panthers as they're changing lanes this week for our complimentary play. Our awesome angle play, I should say, on the show this week. And with that, let's hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out his complimentary play and what it is Victor's got on tap this week for all of our listeners from King Creole Sports. Can do, Mark. We've got the college football over-unders up to 75% now for the season. We don't put out a lot of plays, but at least one or two a weekend. And we've got them up to 75%. I can't say the same for the NFL. But we're accentuating the positive here, of course, in our Saturday over-under plays 
will be available anytime uh, on Thursday night at the playbook.com website, along with this week's lineup in the NFL as well. And uh, you know how we feel, of course, about the Green Bay-Tampa Bay game. That target line is 55 to 55 and a half, in which we'll go under the total. And, of course, for our free play, who else to pass the ball to but the 2019 Rookie Handicapper of the Year, and that would be our boy Tuco, who did it again last week. He had the Pittsburgh Steelers over their team total and uh, of 25 and a half points. They did all the heavy lifting in the first half with 17 points. We cashed that winner just a couple of minutes into the third quarter uh, as Pittsburgh ended up scoring 38 points in that game against Philadelphia. Again, Tuco, nicely done. Four and one already this season. 18 and five ATS in his canine career. And I know what you're saying. Hey, wait a minute. Pittsburgh's at home this week. Again, it's their fourth home game in a row. It is because of the uh, cancellation with uh, the Tennessee Titans in their COVID game. So why aren't we riding the Pittsburgh Steelers to go over their team total at home against the Browns this particular week? Well, number one, you don't want to go to the well too often. We've already hit it three times with Pittsburgh over their team total at home. So we're going to pass this week. Not only that. But Pittsburgh at home scores anywhere from three and a half to four points less per game when facing division opponents. So Tuco is saying, enough with the Steelers. We're going in a different direction. And that direction this week is the L.A. Rams over their team total as they take on the San Francisco 49ers in an NFC West division battle based on the point spread and the over-under line The Rams' team total is 27. Yes, it's a high bar, but Tuco will still be going for the Rams to eclipse that team total of 27 points. Number one, what Tuco is doing is piling it on, piling it on against the Niners' defense that, A, still missing six starters and two key backups. You saw that last week against Miami. And not only that, they just allowed the number 24 offense in the league, which was Miami to generate 436 offensive yards and 43 total points last week. Now, as far as the Rams go, the numbers are good. They are actually a much better road offense than they are at home. In fact, Ram road games have already averaged 34.5 points per game this season. In their last 20 NFC Conference road games, that covers a four-year period, The Rams have gone over 27 points 17 times and under 27 points only three times. That's nice. I like the sound of that. They've averaged 31.6 points per game in these games and even better in division play, 34.7 on the division road. Finally, in this division, NFL West Division games, in which the home team is an underdog now, like the Niners are, and that's surprising in itself. Anyway, these teams have allowed 30.9 points per game in the last three seasons. Tuco's taking a pass with the Steelers this week, but he's pounding the Rams over their team total of 27 points. Go get him, Tuco. 
Rams over 27 team points for Tuco's play on the football card this Sunday. That's Tuco, the crown champion of canines when it comes to team totals <laughs> in the National Football League. Be sure to do just that this Sunday and also join Victor King at King Creole Sports for all of his plays he's got available this weekend. You can log on and do so at playbook.com. Before I get to my complimentary play, just a quick note that our friends at mybookie.ag are once again offering a double your first bonus offer to all new clients. All you need to do is log on at mybookie.ag, use the promo code playbook and get double your first bonus as a bonus at mybookie.ag, or you can call them toll free. The number is 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387 to get your double your first bonus offer from mybookie.ag. It's also a big weekend for us here at the Playbook offices as I'll be releasing my NFL Game of the Month this Sunday. With another $69 weekend of winners, we enjoyed a solid weekend last weekend, headlined by our Texas A&M College Football Falls favorite play of the year winner. Just $69 gets every college and NFL release that I make from Saturday through Monday. You can log on to join at playbook.com or call the office toll-free to get on board for the NFL Game of the Month Weekend of Winners at 1-800-321-7777. And with that, my complimentary play on the college football card this week, we're going to go inside the Southeast Conference and grab up the points with Arkansas as a home dog against Mississippi. Now, it's not often... Guys that you'll find, guys and girls, I should say, that you'll find a road favorite in college football that has a 641-yard defense. The worst defense in all of the FBS teams this year is that of the Rebels. They rank number 75 of all the 75 FBS teams that are playing right now. Also added to this game here is the fact that they did take Alabama and scared them last week. They battled them right down to the wire, lost the game, but cashed the ticket. And that sets up this play, as we know from our database, that SEC road teams that lost a game to Alabama but covered the spread are just 8-15 straight up and ATS on the road the very next game since 1980. It's tough to get back up after a close call loss to the Crimson Tide. Arkansas comes in here with 210 yards the better defense. They own a 1.2 net yards per play, better differential than do the Rebels. And Arkansas, this from our midweek alert newsletter this week, is 25-3 and three straight up at home against 333 or less SEC opponents. We'll take the points with Arkansas for our complimentary play on the show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I'm going to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports. Our good friend Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And until next week, for our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.